Oh, here we are. It's another episode. And it's one of those ones where we're recording on a Friday. It's the afternoon. It's a bit warm. Do you know what, Joe and Matt? I'm feeling loose. Oh, are God. you? <laughs> yeah. Lads letting feeling loose. loose. <laughs> Anyone else lads. feeling loose? I'm, I am now. You've just yeah. loosened me. Paradoxically <laughs> Triggered. loosened. Triggered the looseness. I think it's mainly because if you're in the UK, you will have known. I think actually a lot of the world at the moment, the last week, has been very hot. And today, Friday, it's just cooled down a bit. And we can let loose. I'm feeling, <laughs> you're feeling cool. Well, I'm saying I don't need my fan on 24-7 anymore, which is a good feeling. Because, um, God, are my eyes dry. What? Don't your eyes get dry when you no, have they, your fan? No, they do. It's just that you said it in, like, I don't know. It sounded like you were turned on. <laughs> just... Really? <laughs> God, are my you, eyes you, dry. You have... You, you Let's just move like, on. You sound like the exact opposite of Mike Skinner. <laughs> emotive. Um, right. Yeah. Let's, uh, speaking of emotive, why don't we go on to Motive, who are making the Dead Space remake. Um, that got announced last night. We'll have a little talk about EA Play. What else have we got come out today? We talk a bit about Zelda, a bit about mm-hmm. Death Store, which is a bit like Zelda. And we're gonna, we kind of half promised it right at the end of the show after feedback. There'll be a big spoiler warning. We're gonna have a little mini deep dive on the end of Loki and what it means for the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But as I said, let's kick off with some Dead Space. Um, what are you guys big Dead Space fans? I never was, but I don't know. It's not because I didn't like it. It's just it was one of those things that sort of appeared and passed me by as a series. Mm-hmm. I think I missed the first one. And then when you miss the first one, you're like, I'm not going to go back and play all the games just so I can play Dead Space 3. It's just like me with Mass Effect. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, like it's never been it's been something I've admired from afar, apart from the eye scene that I see all the time oh. um, that people love to say is is good to look at. <laughs> It's not it's horrible. It I saw a gif of it last night and I just, just scrolled on through to it. I'm not looking at that. I don't, don't want to see it in next gen. I don't, don't like want to see it. Uh, Matt, you strike me as someone who likes Dead Space. Yeah, I bought it at launch. I can remember going in Ooh. to game. I was at university and buying at launch Dead Space, um, Fable 2, and I think Fallout 3 all came out on the same day. Um, wow. I remember trading in a good pile of games and begging for a student discount to get all of that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I re- really like Dead Space. Like, I think the series it generally kind of like gradually takes a step down with each iteration. I think Dead Space is the best one. Um, but I think all, in, in general, the series is really, really good. It comes from an era of EA that I have a lot of fondness for. Um, mm-hmm. I think in... There's a lot of kind of like people don't like EA kind of like in its modern iteration. And I know they still obviously drop some some great games. Like obviously I'm a big fan of sort of Respawn stuff. But I think my favorite era for EA was that kind of period when I was at uni because that's the Mass Effect era. It's the some great Dragon Age games are coming out at that point. And Dead Space is one of those kind of games that I've got a real good fond memory for. Lovely. And so they've, what they're doing is it's not any sort of remaster it's a full-on remake sort of final fantasy 7 style in the new and in the new engine uh see motive know what they're doing historically i would say i think you can put a lot of faith in that i i'm not worried about this as a remake do you guys i didn't really get a gauge like i think it's pretty split 50 50 a lot of people are over the moon with this and a lot of people like i wanted a new one do you think 
Is it too like is for Death, when was Dead Space two thousand and eight? I think eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that too soon for you for a full remake of something? Not if the op- you know the the opposite reality is that Dead Space never exists again, which is what it yeah. was going to be. Like mm-hmm. this, I think the way you have to think about this, if you are upset that it's not a sequel, is that this is testing the water. Like this is is it worth us getting back into this because they cancelled it because mm-hmm. it wasn't making them enough money. Uh, so this and Skate and other of these EA projects, like say what you want about EA they are at least trying some of the stuff that people have repeatedly asked for at this point, and yeah. it might well all go to shit. Like, who knows what, what will happen out of this? But I think in a world where the opposite... It, it, you were never going to get a sequel straight out of the gate, so let's be happy that mm-hmm. they're trying something a little bit more risky and support yeah. it if it's good enough. Well, I think um, in the past they have gone for the straight sequel thing. I know it's not the same amount of time, but Mirror's Edge 2, everyone's like, we want more Mirror's Edge, more Mirror's Edge. Well, Came out, happened. no one bought it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like not. It's a, it was a vocal minority, funnily enough. Like, I know Dead Space has, a, I would say, a much bigger fan base and following it's and an easier than Mirror's Edge. It's an easier yeah. concept, right? Like, Mirror's Edge is... It's a game that's very much for me and people that are a bit like me in the kind of like we like weird kind of like m- slightly more experimental stuff, but within AAA space. masters mm. like you. It's just you that. You love parkour. Well, yeah. Clearly, I am the parkour <laughs> man that's running around the IGN office and vaulting across to the press across the road. I've seen it. You look like Bill Gates jumping over that chair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like... Mirror's Edge struggles because it's an experimental game within AAA space, right? So it costs a lot of money to make something that only a few people like, which is what Mm -hmm. I really like about it. Dead Space is a more realistic proposition, right? In that whilst it's horror, which is a little bit more niche, it is at least coming out in the era of streaming where horror is very popular in the streaming kind Mm -hmm. of market. My hope is is that kind of like you you said, Cardi, that it's a Final Fantasy VII-style remake where in my head it's actually closer to Resident Evil. But my Mm -hmm. hope is that you actually are right in the Final Fantasy VII big, in that, like, I don't think it's necessarily been long enough for it to just need a straight remake, as in, like, every corridor is exactly the same. It's just now got 4K textures. It's, It's all, like, it's been remade for the ground up for a ray tracing Frostbite engine. I would like it to still surprise me. I don't want it to be exactly the same game. I just want it to be the well, same That is the clever idea. thing they could do is, like, people who know that game well, is, like, a quiet bit, just throw an extra jump scare in there that didn't exist before. Or a bit where everyone knows the scare is coming, it's not actually there, and you just throw everyone off. You're like, well, I don't well, this know is, what that's this what is they, anymore. That's what they did with Resi 2, right? And, it was, and mm-hmm. people fucking loved that, because it wasn't changing the fabric of what that game was, but it was messing with people's... It was kind of a meta thing where it's, like... They know that people mm-hmm. know what's coming, so change it a little bit, and it's and it makes a big impact. Um, yeah. I saw a good, I saw a good uh, Reddit post about this, which was just a picture of a guy with a tiny domino, and every domino after it got twice as big until the last domino was massive. And the first tiny domino was uh, Re- uh, Resident Evil sells better than expected, and the last one was Dead Space remake. And it does feel a bit like we've got to that point where AAA horror can just be a bit more mm-hmm. odd and still really pop off and so mm-hmm. i'm i'm hopeful that those dominoes keep getting bigger until we get to uh until i don't know crushed by them el shaddai ascension of the metatron <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the dream that's the ultimate dream that is where this ends the, yeah. the world's biggest domino is el shaddai um yeah. <laughs> cool well 
we don't know when it's come out. We don't. We obviously didn't see any gameplay. It's probably still a while away, and it's next gen only, which is exciting because yeah. we're getting more and more games now. Just like yeah, we're just making this for next gen, which means I know it's a shame if you don't have a next gen console. But by the time this is out, I imagine a lot more people will have them. So mm-hmm. there we go. Um, that's Dead Space. Not much more to say. Also, we saw Battlefield's Portal mode announced, which is kind of a love letter to old Battlefield. Really, I saw a lot of people who I've always like dabbled in Battlefield. I've never, I'm not like a hardcore Battlefield player. I, don't, I wouldn't know all the maps off by heart or anything. But I've seen a lot of people online who I follow who like are big like Battlefield fans or Battlefield YouTubes, and they're like, "This is what we want. This is amazing." Like, if you don't know what Battlefield Portal is, it has six classic maps, over forty weapons from old. I think it's six old games or seven, seven old games even, and forty vehicles from like three different theaters of war. So you've got is it World War Two? current day and modern is that right the the like it'll cover kind of like the modern era and then it'll cover um like the 2042 kind of yeah. era won't it as well as the world as war ii stuff war so that like if you didn't see the trailer it's quite a funny trailer not only do they have a song by idols in it which is always a plus but they had like you know nazis like shooting down modern jets and stuff it was just mad to look at it's it was it was a mad trailer and that's kind of what i think I don't know, maybe I'm speaking for everyone. What I want from Battlefield is just large-scale madness going on like that. I know you're excited for this, Matt. Yeah, so Battlefield 2042, I'm not actually that excited for, as in like the traditional kind Mm -hmm. of game that they're doing. And I watched the... Because I didn't actually watch EA Play Live, so I watched the trailers to prep in for, for this podcast... And the opening kind of bit of that was a little bit like, mm, I don't know quite how this is going to get balanced. Like, I think it's a fun idea. But then they showed Arica Harbour, which is a map that I have an incredible amount of fondness for. That is from Battlefield Bad Company 2. And that era of Battlefield is, is I, and I think I, a lot of people share the sentiment, but is Battlefield at its peak and to mm-hmm. see a modern day version of Arica Harbor and modern day versions of the guns from that and seeing like the medic from Bad Company 2 rendered in modern day graphics was very much a case of okay this is kind of like I know it's not a full remake of Bad Company 2 but it's got enough of Bad Company 2 mm-hmm. that the the whole point of Portal is that it's essentially I guess it's custom game modes made by yeah. sort of so it's almost semi-modding for a console mm-hmm. game, and, and obviously it'll be on PC as well. But it means you can do that. Like the de- game mode that they demonstrate is the idea of the infection-style modes that people used to make, where it's just a bunch of people with knives versus a bunch of people with knives. But for Battlefield, they did a bunch of German soldiers with combat knives versus a bunch of modern-day medics with defibrillators. So it's yeah. got that kind of absolute bonkersness about it. But you can already tell from what they've said is in it. There's just going to be people that set up classic-style Bad Company 2 servers where yeah. they're just running modes that are, I get to do Arica and I get to do it with the classic Russian versus American kind of team setups with all of those weapons. Or they got, um, I think it's Caspian Border is the name of the map, which is a map from Battlefield um, 3, which has got this massive kind of tower in the middle that you used to be able to collapse. And that mm-hmm. is in mm. in some of the, the gameplay trailers. Being able to play those in a modern Frostbite engine with ray tracing and all of the kind of things that the modern version of Battlefield supports, um, yeah, absolutely, give it to me. This is one of those creator modes where I see it and I'm like, I will never meaningfully engage with a single piece of this. 
but someone out there will make something absolutely incredible that the developers never thought of and i will have tons of fun with it like it's kind of what i wanted over overwatch's mm-hmm. is it warehouse that what was it called oh warehouse called? toolbox workshop workshop um warehouse uh but uh <laughs> it was kind of what i wanted that to be but that always felt a little bit granular like it felt a bit hard to kind of get a sense of what those things were mm. so i'm hoping battlefield it's a bit more of a like a madness generator yeah. as opposed to a tinkering mm. situation I hope although it's kind of from like... what i've read like the parameters you can change are insanely granular like mm-hmm. you can make it so one team can't go prone and shit like it's really <laughs> weird <laughs> My hope is it's also just a bit more accessible because I find that Overwatch's um, workshop is a bit like it's hidden in the weeds a little bit. Whereas I hope actually having this kind of big marketing push for it, it will be like a big main thing on the main menu when you go in. Do you want to play classic 2042 as it is? Or Mm. do you want to play this side of it? Like Mm -hmm. if it's set up that way, I think it's got a real chance for a long life. I just think like building in what amount to like soft modding tools to a game is just a great idea at this point like you know if we're looking at a world where games need to last for five years instead of one year i think that's the best way you can do it is like let people make their own shit don't make them wait for your stuff because you're never going to be able to you know account for how much you need to do um yeah how much work you need to do yeah i'll have a little play of it launch whether it's like we said actually making any of my own stuff or just using what other people have done which is far more likely but yeah i'm up for that i'm Get more and more into Battlefield this year. I'm looking forward to playing it quite a bit, I think. So hopefully it lives up to expectations. We also had some new announcements, which included Grid Legends. Um, I thought this EA play in general was all right. It wasn't the longest in the world. I thought like half of the games kind of, I thought, looked really good. And then there was half of them, which, I mean, half of them we're not going to talk about. And then there was Grid Legends, which I just want to talk about because it looks mad. Mainly because I think it looks like a game that even 10 years ago no one wanted um <laughs> it's if you haven't watched the grid legends trailer it's um it's bad it's just i what when will we stop doing live action scenes in games especially in racing games where they've never worked they're always cheesy and the acting's not good <laughs> when will this is, stop is is this a plague i was only aware of the 2015 need for speed that did this is there a, a plague of, of them i've, I've more than like the old Denise Speed had little um, live action bits as right. well. They weren't full on like live action scenes, but they've always like New Speed historically have had a bit. Of, I remember Underground having an Underground too. I think the original Most Wanted might have had a bit of right. it as well. But I remember Need for Speed The <sighs> Run, I think it was, which was the story-based one where you were on yeah. a cross-country kind of relay race. That didn't have live action, but it had quite bad quantic dream style bits in between the races <laughs> which yeah that was i can do without well, that can like you think honestly can you think of a rate a good racing game for story right in ign underscore uk people, if you can <laughs> think if you can suggest one good car game that has a good campaign or story are we forgetting mode? that dirt five had nolan north and troy baker did and you play it no and i don't <laughs> I, i'd never heard a single thing about what it was yeah to be fair they're not really story modes. The Forza Horizon campaigns are fun enough to play through, and you're hearing it all yeah, over the radio. If you but... actually pay attention to the story, it makes your yeah, brain the story's fall not out. good. It's fucking yeah, yeah. rubbish. Like, do we need do we need campaigns in car games? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, but that's the thing. The Forza Horizon one. I wish they would just drop any pretense that you're at an event or doing anything, and just make mm. it like stupid. Like my favorite 
uh, Forza Horizon thing they've ever done uh, for story was that um, fucking Fast and Furious crossover where was it was it was it them? I don't remember this. Or was it Need for Speed? One of them had a crossover, Fast and Furious. Need for Speed did a film that was just a Fast and Furious knockoff, didn't they? Wait, yeah, wait, with wait. Aaron Paul. There was it? there was a yeah. Fast and Furious like racing game crossover. It was just I'm called sure Fast and Furious. Yeah, it was um came out a couple of years. Well, last year even wasn't it? And it was I'm meant sure to be absolutely appalling. No, that's the actual game rather than a crossover. That's the actual Fast and Furious. Forza game. Horizon yeah. Two presents Fast and Furious. That's what uh, it okay. was. It was an actual thing. But my favorite bit of that was obviously. Fast and Furious, part of that is like, uh, like you you go and steal a car and then you drive it away, and that's part of the fun. Yeah. Uh, in this, like they had Ludacris just being like, "We gotta get this car, but we can't steal it. We gotta race it." <laughs> and that was like the entire story. It was brilliant. Yeah. And I like that's what I want. I want idiots telling me that I've just got to do races for all reasons. It's like if you want to eat tonight. We gotta race for it, baby. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Uh, Simpsons hit and run. <laughs> that is got, it's not really mainly a, a driving though, game. As a decent mm. story. Yeah, I don't know. You do a lot of driving. I yeah. I just don't like enough with the live action scenes in 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 games that aren't predominantly like fmv games if the whole game's fmv i can get behind it to an extent although i think a large majority of fmv games are bad but yeah i don't know someone's not a fan of command and conquer then <sighs> i mean you you don't want to lose tim curry showing showing space <laughs> yeah that's true but i can deal with it like in old like i don't know it made sense in some ways like mist used to have them and um zork and games like that but i feel like back then I'll let them off because it was easier to put a video file in than render whole CGI uh, <laughs> cutscenes. But yeah, I don't know. I don't Grid Legends. Like, if you haven't watched the trailer, I don't know. It has the um, what's the name of the actor from Sex Education? Who's he's got like a nice little tash in this, and he's trying to act a bit uh, hard, and it's not really working that? for me. Let me just. I've got the store open. Uh, Nukti Gatawa, I think it is, or Gatwa. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's not. It's not doing a lot for me. But yeah, if you could. Honestly, IGN underscore UK feedback convince me: is there a racing game, and a, it has to be a racing game? Not, I'm not counting GTA as a car game with a good story. A racing game that has a good story, because I want to know it. Um, the last thing I talk about from EA Play is Lost in Random, which is out in September, which I wasn't expecting so soon. That's a nice little treat. Um, this looks very good. If you haven't watched a trailer for Lost in Random, I would do that because it's. What's the what's the the pitch for it? It's kind of like a Coraline game, but yeah. with some really cool kind of Final Fantasy VII remake combat. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I suppose you're you're getting. If you really want to boil it down, <laughs> if you really want to, it's got um, that like I, uh, art style which I adore. I think that looks. I think it's got a real yeah. great aesthetic. But yeah, like I'll let you explain the combat, Carly. But it looks really special. Yeah. So I didn't when the original trailer came out for this, maybe a year or. I can't remember when they first debuted it. I, I was into it. That was the art style was doing a lot for me. I just don't remember what the gameplay was. But then I saw Someone a lot of gameplay in this trailer. Someone didn't read my interview feature with the creators well, of the I game probably, in 2020 I pro- that explained I probably the combat did exactly a year and a half ago. <laughs> I just haven't read it in the last year. Everyone um, today coming on being like, oh, look at the tactical combat. I told you about that a year ago and you didn't fucking Okay, read well, it. I didn't see with my own eyes the dice rolling and the cards, <laughs> and that's what got me into it because I 
from from my memory, which obviously forgot your pre your stunning preview, um, I, I in my head it was just like a third person action game of like melee combat, basically. But little did I know it has this little dice you walk around with. Maybe Joe can explain in further detail in a minute instead of shaking his head. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's um, if you you collect cards, and I like collecting cards in games, but then you have your little dice companion who you roll, and then am I saying this right? Whatever number you roll on the dice is the amount of basic the amount of moves you can do with the cards essentially that do different attacks yeah yeah there we go cool so it's kind of got a little bit of slay the spyness to it and that's what i like about i I really like i like the idea that that they're tackling the idea of um you know rng complaints by Mm. the fact that you're still ultimately playing that game and it's still ultimately skill-based in how you approach it but you're just given that little bit of random flavor to to play along with as well and kind of desperately going like, fuck, I want a six, and then you don't get it. or what it, and I bet there's like some wild bullshit cards that you can get that cost the full amount and it's really, you know, you're just sitting there mm-hmm. constantly hoping you roll it. Like that kind of thing really appeals to me, like that that mixing of board gamey stuff with with a bit more of a regular video game combat. I think it, I, I just think it looks really fun. Like, and mm-hmm. such a departure from that studio's other stuff i'm sorry if you can hear the shouting outside my room there's a child who comes out every day and makes the same noise and it's driving me fucking mad are they related to the guy who uh stood on your wall eating pasta no actually um this is still oh no that's actually oh. a tool that's a power tool that sounds exactly the same as the child i hate <laughs> Um, I don't think there's never been a child. It's always been a power. Oh, all. I've stuck my head out the window and looked at that kid screaming and just wanted to go fucking kill you. But then, as we've discussed before, he works for the. Uh, he, he doesn't work for. He uh, lives in the Chinese that I like around he the works corner. For the so I, it's a the, screaming toddler who works for the Chinese. The problem called is power tool. All I'm saying is, if that child was to go missing, they might have to shut down the Chinese, and that would have a worse effect on me because I love the okay. Chinese than if yep. uh, if I have to listen to the child scream. It's, it's hard okay. living where I do, because I'm... Uh, it sounds really tough. Um, tormented. But yeah, Lost in Random looks very good. Um, <laughs> I... Yeah, I'm into it. I think, as we kind of... Matt mentioned before, I think EA get a hard time, and sometimes rightfully get a hard time for what they do with their games, but then they do have their, this side to games, where Lost in Random like looks really good. Their originals in general are pretty good, like it takes two is still my game of the year i think and that's an ea game mm-hmm. you've got like the um unraveled games they're both enjoyable like ea originals are good games they are people should people should just oh i was gonna i don't know don't know what i was gonna do there you go that's enough ea talk i've come i've just it's, it's getting warm again now i've had my <laughs> windows closed for 20 again. minutes <laughs> and i've lost all flow um Talking of EA games, I thought we'd do a little bit of a Mass Effect update because it's been a long time since I started Mass Effect now, and few people, I'm sure, want to know what's going on in my universe. Do um, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, many people have asked Matt. Many people. Get, get, get I'm an sure inbox you'd want to know as well. Um, I had um, a look at where your trophies were, so I know exactly where you are. Oh, it? So you'd rather look at my trophy list than talk to yep, me. Yeah, exactly. Days. Our relationship. Mm-hmm. It's just mental. Matt is a man of fact. He only <laughs> yes. needs to know progression statistics. <laughs> he doesn't need to know your opinions. He, I, I tell him what I do in Mass Effect, and he checks the trophy to see if I'm lying. It's like, well, he actually says you never did this. Oh, that would be trophy. so good if he caught you out doing that. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> 
Um, the truth is, though, I, I'm only three trophies away from the Mass Effect 2 Platinum, which I might go back and do, because they're all just ones like Incinerate 25 people, which I don't think would take very long. Super but, um, easy. Yeah, I could I might do, go that. And do that. There we go. Today. You do it for me. Um, I mean, yeah, in real life. Mass Effect. Anyway, so. <laughs> okay. We can't, well, we can't be talking about what we're doing, uh, incinerating people in real life. We can't be t- talking about that. Um, I just finished Mass Effect 2 two or three days ago now, and I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, one of the better games I've ever played, I think. And I'm only like, I think three hours into Mass Effect 3, and I'm already thinking this might even be better, which... I know a lot. I know a lot of Mass Effect Three for people comes down to the ending, so I'll see what I think when it's all said and done. They're loonies, but, <laughs> yeah. But I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. The step up from Mass Effect One to Two was pretty evident in almost everything for me, including the combat. But then I fired a gun in Mass Effect Three, and I was like, like Mass Effect Two's combat is good, is serviceable. Mass Effect Three's combat, the guns feel really good. I wasn't yeah. expecting them to feel that good. There's a like, lot more of them as well. Like you'll find yeah, like yeah. loads of guns. It's a proper action game by that point. Like the way the way the biotics and and tech stuff work work in mm-hmm. tandem as well. Like it all comes. I, I don't know how much of this is like one follow one foot following the other, and I don't know which foot followed first. Uh, but the uh, the the multiplayer mode, which obviously isn't in the remasters, like the Mass Effect Three multiplayer was genuinely fucking amazing, and the combat felt so good as part of that. And I'm I'm always I've always wondered. I'm sure it's out there, and I just haven't looked hard enough which it was, whether it was like, we have to have a multiplayer mode so the combat has to be better, or whether it's, we've got combat so good that it would be a waste not to do multiplayer. But that was just mm-hmm. such a, that was such a fun thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm not going to do works. any story spoilers because I'm sure a lot of people like me might be playing through them for the first time and I don't do that, but I can do some more like, I do some like relationship updates and stuff because that's not, there's no story spoilers there. I can, I can reveal I got everyone through Mass Effect 2. No one died, which... I was. I don't know if I got lucky. I don't know if it's quite logical, the choices you make to do that. But I did look up after I did it to see what could have happened and who could have died when and where. And I almost. I was a split second away from making the decision that would have got Tali killed, and I wouldn't have wanted that because I like Tali. So, yeah, that would have been a shame. Um, I'm. Kind of, I kind of like all the cast. I don't think there's anyone I would have been. Maybe if like. Zaid or Kasumi, so you don't really... I know they're DLC yeah, characters, yeah. you don't really get to knew, know them too much, but I've met Kasumi at the start of Mass Effect 3 and she's got a cool bit, so if I'd missed out on that, I would have been annoyed. So, there's stuff like that. I will say, this is something that actually um, our good friend Lucy James has been quite annoyed at me by. Had a quite a long WhatsApp conversation with me and she sent several all-caps messages to me. Um, basically, through Mass Effect 1 and 2, I was, I was in a, la- a relationship with Liara, um, well, you weren't was... in two. Well, <laughs> well, we kind of were. We kind of, <laughs> you know, I did meet up with her because I, I did the Shadow Broker stuff. So, and I, I did meet up with her, and we had a nice night together in Mass Effect Two. And it, Mass Effect Three started, and she came up to me and was like, "You know, where's this going? What's happening here? Like, do we want to carry on this, or should we just be friends?" And I had a long think, and I thought, do you know what? For a, what a while now, you haven't. I don't feel like I've been your priority, Liara. You've been off. You've, you're more happy doing other things. You don't really seem to be making too much of an effort. Married when to I the information to you, now, exactly. Like I turn up, and now you're interested. You didn't come looking for me. I had to go and find you. And I'm not going to lie to you. There's a new person on board the ship by the name of Samantha who has turned my head. Oh my god. <laughs> 
and You're having an I affair told, with the secretary. <laughs> I'm not having an affair, Matt, because first chance I could, I told Liara, I think we should be friends. So I'm, I have not cheated at all. How dare you? Also, I say, I say secretary. She's no, specialist trainers higher than. Although yes. I always think that like Kelly seems to be like a much more like higher ranking officer within the same mean. situation. So, yeah, I know what you mean. But Samantha, she made a good first impression, and I'm looking. I'm looking for possibilities there. So that's my current status in Mass Effect. Right, Liara. I'm, I'm sorry. I think we're better off being. <laughs> what, what a chilling way of talking about romance. <laughs> Uh, on the Normandy, it's Just what you have to do. You standing in the corner of a nightclub with a gin and tonic, <laughs> looking for possibilities. You you know that the least um, believable thing about that is the gin and tonic. So I hate gin and tonic. Well, so. I just it, it looks like the most possibility filled drink. <laughs> but yeah, it's, that's it's what all... I'm feeling. I'm, I'm feeling. I'm feeling Samantha Trainer maybe where my eyes take me next in Mass Effect Three. So yeah. who knows. Who knows? I don't know what other possibilities are going to turn up. <laughs> but there, yeah, that's that, that's where we are. Who, who are you romancing? Because you've just started three, haven't you, Matt? Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's always Garrus. If I'm playing uh, Garrus, playing female Shep, mm-hmm. go for Garrus. Obviously, Garrus is not romanceable in the first one, so had a a fling with Liara for the sake of getting the Paramore trophy. <laughs> but uh... wow! So you'll just you'll just go you'll just cheat on people to get trophies. <laughs> I mean, this is disgusting. I'm, I'm going along with what the game will allow me. You're standing in the corner of the nightclub with a gin and tonic, asking people, "Will you help nah. me get a bronze trophy?" <laughs> Perslow's chucking moves in the middle of the, of the nightclub, like going wild, taking all so cameras. A big T-shirt that just says, "Talk to me if you want a bronze trophy." <laughs> <laughs> it's very much the uh, it's very much the uh, the Gen Z free hugs sign. <laughs> But yeah, I see. I always saw Garrus as he's like my right hand man. He's who I put all my trust in as team leader and stuff. Tell like that. Tell me what like you want in a lieutenant. Partner. I want to keep that purely. Bi- I want to keep that purely on a business. Like you are. Like we are in this fight together. I don't want any feelings to get in the way of that. I see. Um, but yeah, there we <laughs> purely go. Purely business. Mm. But yeah, I'm enjoying Mass Effect a lot, which is predictable because you know, very good in it because it's um, the best. Yeah, should we talk about more old games that have been remastered? Uh, Skyward Sword a HD. More de- a more divisive one, to be sure. Definitely more divisive. I haven't played either the original or the new one yet. I haven't bought it. I've just got too much work and too many games to play, so why spend £60 on a game I'm not going to play anytime soon? But you've both been playing it quite a bit, haven't you? I've played it a lot. I've played um, it ooh. a small amount. Yeah. Uh, I think Matt and I feel differently about this uh we feel differently about a single thing i think i'm more on side on the other stuff yeah that's good um i so i never finished skyward sword when it came out um because i didn't get a wii for a few years after it came out and then i kind of came to it late and then there was just it's that feeling of like have you ever had that where you buy a console late and you get a big stack of games that everyone tells you are good and you just never finish Mm -hmm. any of them um i did that uh and it wasn't for disliking it i had like i wasn't a huge fan of the motion controls but i felt like i knew what they were trying to do and it kind of worked for me um i just absolutely love this game now (laughs) i'm like 25 hours in i think i'm getting towards the end i've just enjoyed every minute of it i think it's just i think the i think the trouble people had when it came out i saw this i think it was a guy called ross fubister who i think is a very good twitter follow if you like games um 
what are you looking confused about, Cardi? I just uh, was someone shouting outside your house just that's then. No, it's the tool. It's the power tool. <laughs> Is that the tool? That sounded like someone shouting. I know it does. <laughs> um, the uh, So, basically, I... Uh, yeah, like... Oh, I forgot what I said because the power tool. <laughs> the power tool came along and ruined you, it. You were just saying that you're absolutely loving it now and you didn't originally. Yeah. Um, basically... I, I just I, I don't know what more to say, but I think that, yeah, Ross Fubister, that's who I was talking about. Good Twitter yes. follow at eighty seventh. He runs the Cool Box Art Twitter feed as well. He's very good. Um, he pointed out that he thinks more people can then like Skyward Sword now because they're not going into it with the idea that this is like what Zelda is now or this is the future of Zelda. It's just a one-off experiment. And with that in mind, I genuinely think a lot more people will get into it because they've still got Breath of the Wild, but this is just mm-hmm. like a dungeon from beginning to end there is no like really the overworld barely matters and even that's full of puzzles and all it is is just like classic zelda get tools use tools in interesting ways to do interesting stuff and fight bosses over and over again for 30 hours and i'm finding it so satisfying to just kind of rinse through in that way um where i'm not sure uh matt's thoughts on that but i will quickly get onto the motion controls which i have not used at all i've used button controls uh, and I found them mostly satisfying, but I know that Matt has not found them as good. Mm-hmm. So I really like the game. Like, I, so I've never played Skyward Sword before. This is my first introduction to it. Like last week, Emma was saying that kind of like it's great for her, and I have the same thing that we just get a new Zelda game this year. Mm. And I sort of think it doesn't feel like it's aged massively in terms of kind of the stuff that I'm doing. Like I find really satisfying. It's got a good. I've only done the first temple as in like the first proper temple not there's like a tutorial one that you do very close to the start but then you go down to hyrule and i've done the first temple where you get a good bit of equipment there's a lot of really fun little walking back and forth between different rooms and getting things to do different things filling up with water it's got all of that kind of good zelda stuff and i really like the art style i think that's that's got a great feel to it like that watercolor stuff Mm. the so i like all of that side of it and i will be definitely playing through it at the moment i've gone back to mass effect 3 just because obviously i am a huge mass effect nut um and, but once i finish that i'll be coming back to it my the reason why i'm probably not pursuing with it immediately is i find the button layout it, it feels very much like it's obviously from a controller that had one analog stick and mm. required you to waggle a stick to do a lot of stuff and the way they've kind of like I can see why they've reformatted it as it is, so that what you have is the right analog stick, you move up and down to swing your sword up and down and left and right and then in diagonals. And then but what that means is because you've got that attached to that stick, to actually look around you have to hold the shoulder button. And I maybe because I'm just a bit cack handed find it very difficult to do very quick movements between that so if you're fighting a character and Mm. you do need to do a little bit of movement i find it a little bit more difficult to actually handle moving and swiping swords in quick succession and i also find that i've only played it in handheld mode which is not the usual way i play my switch but Mm. i was away from my flat for a while and that's where i was playing it um i find that the very small analog sticks on the handheld are not great for actually getting the motion of the sword swing very well. So I find that I'm quite often doing diagonals instead of across. 
Yeah. So that's I why I've been that, frustrated. I think that's totally fair. So I've used a pro controller the whole mm-hmm. time, which is obviously like a full size controller. And I think the stick stuff is weird. So the moving the camera thing, when it first started, I was like, oh my God, this is going to destroy my entire time with this game. Uh, I kind of did get used to that as I went on. Like, And now by this point, I'm now genuinely worried that I'm going to go into another game and forget that you don't have to hold buttons <laughs> to move the camera around. Um, but the the other part of it is the, like, I know some people have been uh, taken aback by the fact that, like, obviously if you hold right, Link holds his sword out to mm-hmm. the right, and then you slash it left to slash left. And so I think some people have been like, oh, that's a weirdly cumbersome way to deal with that. The thing is, it, and maybe this is harder on the Joy-Cons, I haven't used them properly, but, like, on a full-size stick, you can just flick it, and then he does it, any like, without any pre-motion mm-hmm. to do that and there's only a couple of fights where it really relies on you lighting up a, sh- a shot first um so that kind of thing has kind of faded to the background the thing on the movement which i find interesting because i think that and i had the same problem i think that comes down to how you expect to be playing an action game as opposed to how you are forced to play skyward mm-hmm. sword because almost the entire time you're given one person to look at and duel um and so it wants you to just hold the lock on and just walk around them and like side strafe and kind of get behind them and break their break their guard um and it took I, that was another thing where i was just like oh that took me like 10 hours to really get used to the point where i'm what 25 hours in i've only just started using my shield because i was like oh, this is yeah. a fucking nightmare i to be quite honest i haven't even figured out like you push in don't you on the stick to bring the shield up but kind of like yeah. the actual intricacies intricacies of shield combat it's not really quite explained to me yet and i'm just assuming no. i know it's got a long like education curve hasn't it to that game it so. never tells you any more about <laughs> using the shield it's literally it literally comes down to when you click it in that's a parry mm-hmm. and it just it only wants you to parry right. it does not want you soaking up hits it wants you to be parrying every single hit yeah. with a shield because that's why they've got um uh like degradation yeah the idea mm-hmm. is that if you're soaking up things it, you are punished heavily for that to the point where most shields break after like five hits um so yeah i feel like i i totally get why that that stuff um stuff bugs people and i think the, your point about the small sticks is very very fair but I will say the longer you go on with it, the less it becomes like a th- an active thought as opposed to maybe something just yeah. occasionally rears its head. I'm absolutely um, willing to give it the time because I think the game design is, especially is kind of like, I love what Breath of the Wild is and I think Breath of the Wild has set out a really good new future for Zelda. Mm-hmm. But there is something about that and I think because I'm so into FromSoft's games as well, like there's a certain element of Dark Souls that does draw from that same school yeah, of... Yeah walking around these kind of very elaborate kind of dungeons and obviously there's less puzzle solving in dark souls but i really like the fact that instead of super difficult bosses i've got like these big kind of brain teasers in that each room kind of links to another room in the way that you think about it and Mm. i love like in that first one there's a lot of bits where to get through gates you've got eyes and you have to make the eye dizzy Mm. and i like that each time it starts introducing other elements to the door it's like well now you've got two eyes how are you going to make both of them dizzy at the same time and it just sort of gradually escalates and i think that's a really nice way of putting together the dungeons yeah the um the the i think the interesting thing with skyward sword like skyward sword must have come out after the first dark souls right um or the same year i think i was at gamespot doing an internship when skyrim dark souls and skyward sword were all sort of around the same time good time yeah um the 
Yeah, so was that 2008, 2009? 2011 was Scarlet Sword. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah, really, 2011. Yeah. Um, but the, like, I think the thing you really notice, lots of people had a problem with how Skyward it really feels natural that you'd go to those places and build them out. Like that's I also Zelda- love backtracking. Like I think yeah, it's a great that, thing. That's Zelda dungeon making writ large. Like it's going mm-hmm. not just the dungeon unfolds as you're inside it, but op- open world or you know hub world areas open up as you go through them, and then your overworld does the same thing in Skyloft. Like everything is is slowly unfolded for you and that feels super dark soulsy in a lot mm-hmm. of places like unlocking shortcuts and building up new ways to get to new areas from the same areas it's like a lot of that stuff feels very like echoey yeah. of of dark souls level design um it's very cool i really love it i think mm. it's great i'd actually I like so i do really like breath of the world obviously and i love it because it's of the systemic nature of it like i love mm. finding new things i do hope that even if it's not Breath of the Wild sequel, but whatever comes after, is able to find like a nice middle ground between the two to be able to have that beautiful open worldness with all of these systemic design. But I want those massive dungeons again, where like it's not just little shrines, like you're really delving into something deep and mystical that's got all of that design to it. I'm I'm still convincing myself that the flying bits of Breath of the Wild 2 are big dungeons mm-hmm. because they're naturally enclosed, so that feels to me very like a natural fit for how they would build that yeah. back into the structure of the open world game. Oh man, can't wait. What if the twist is Breath of the Wild 2 is actually Skyward Sword 2? I'd have it. A big I mean, reveal. It, it really does look like they are combining those two things and they're both the same director and he, those mm-hmm. are his only two mainline Zelda games he did. He did some of the spin-offs for Capcom. Um, so I think like there's, you know, there's something in the idea that he'd be like, well I made two of the most different Zelda games ever, so now I'll just go like there you go, there's your 11 out of 10 game, enjoy yourselves (laughs) Also Um, would make sense why they'd release Skyward Sword, right? Like There might be something in the marketing to get people used to some of these ideas Yeah, Yeah. that would make sense Um, Another game which has iterated on Zelda and as you mentioned, Matt, probably from a lot of Dark Souls as well, mm-hmm. is Death Store, which is the hot new indie game, which I don't know about you guys. For me, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, the reviews came out. Everyone was giving it 9s, 10s out of 10. Like, this game is incredible. It wasn't until Joe told me it was from the developers of Titan Souls that I realised I maybe should have known about this game. I just... This was... Maybe I'd seen it in trailers before a presentation, but I just hadn't been tracking this game at all. I remember yeah. the previews just kind of released. coming out. And I think, yeah. did, did Reb do our preview for this, Joe? Like, I remember Reb talking a lot about Death uh, Door. She definitely did some stuff after E3 mm-hmm. on it, but I don't know whether she did a preview on it. But that's know. when I started hearing about it and hearing it, and it, yeah. it seemed like it probably got something good, but then it wasn't until you'd started talking about it, Carter, it was like, okay, I should actually probably start looking at this when it comes out. Yeah, it's on PC and Xbox if you haven't checked it out. Not on Game Pass, sadly, but I think it's only 15 to £20, so it's not a super expensive game. Um, but yeah, it's got a lot of Zelda to it, and it's got a lot of Dark Souls to it. I know that almost half the games that are announced these days seem to be here's our Souls-influenced games, but this one genuinely is. And I think the reason I'm liking it so much, I've only played about an hour, I should say. I'm not very far into it, but it's got the bits of dark souls games i do like 
but in a more forgiving way. I just I like the kind of checkpointing, and it's just it's not as difficult a game. And I know that's a dull thing to say about Souls games as they're difficult, but they are challenging games, and this one isn't as challenging a game, at least so far. I don't know how difficult it gets, <laughs> but I'm you. You're smiling yeah. like it gets super difficult. I'm, I'm like. <laughs> maybe five hours into it now um i wouldn't say like it's never as difficult as kind of like souls games are Mm -hmm. um the checkpointing i actually think is very similar to demon souls where you get a checkpoint at the start and Mm -hmm. you probably won't get one until the boss um but what it does do is is the level design is so snake-like that it means you're constantly unlocking shortcuts so you're always yeah. like pretty much every little step of progress you make you're knocking down a wall or you're creating mm-hmm. a bridge or it's got the one thing that i love that the souls games do that this is nicked basically wholesale is pulling levers and getting a really satisfying clunk as like a gate drops open or a ladder drops yep. down and it does a lot of that and genuinely some of the best level design that i've seen this year like really fantastic both kind of like in the way that they snake and kind of like fit together, but also in like the visual design of them. There's like really distinct differences between where you are, which for what is essentially a world that all completely links together and runs back on itself, you need that kind of aesthetic difference to understand where you are in relation to the other things. Mm -hmm. So when you do get that bit where you unlock a door or a gate and you come back in, you immediately go, oh, I'm back here. I know exactly how all of this runs together now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, setting, I should say what the setting for this game is if you haven't heard of it. It's kind of, I don't know a lot about the story yet, but it's almost like a Grim Fandango mm. start to the game. Is You basically play a Reaper who happens to be a small crow. You have got to go find some souls, and you basically shortly into the game find out, oh, I've got to go to different corners of this world to defeat some big bosses to get enough souls to unlock another door. And that's as far as much as I know so far. I've done the I don't know if it's the first boss of the game or if it's a mini boss, like it's a big like walking castle thing. Yeah. I don't know if that's there's, a boss. There's three kind of big bosses that are the kind of keys to the to the game mm-hmm. and then there are kind of like the smaller bosses, which I guess are your regular yeah. bosses throughout, of which the castle is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like that. As you say, that Grim Fandango, it's like, it's a bureaucracy style kind of like yeah. afterlife agency, um, which is sort of like, feels like it's inspired by like the Death's Door sort of thing is very Monsters Inc. in that like, yeah. in your overall, like it's equivalent to Firelink Shrine, like where you go when you come out of the overworld back to kind of like the Reaper world is just full of doors that lead you to different areas of the world. And that's got mm-hmm. a very sort of like... And those doors are powered by soul energy. And there's quite a lot of discussion like in the company. It's like, oh, well, we need to go out to reap souls so that we can open doors to reap more souls. And it's got that kind of like the inevitability of the scare system of Monsters, Inc., which I quite like. Honestly, yeah. man, let's get rid of souls likes. I want Monsters, Inc.'s likes to be the next big <laughs> yes. thing in gaming. Like, but, I'm um... so into that. I think as as well as the level design, I've come across a couple of little puzzles so far, which are fun. I'm in the second area of the game, it seems a bit more puzzly. Um, just the combat is just really tight. Yeah. Like it's, it controls really well. So far, I've only got the sword and the bow and arrow that you start with, so I haven't picked up any new weapons, but I've heard there's some fun weapons you can get along the way. And, and yeah, I just stuff ones as well. Like You get a hook exactly. shot and stuff like that. Nice. It's just a very well-designed game. It's just like yeah it's just it's just very fun and that's what i want like and it's only what i've heard about 10 hours long which is music Mm. to my ears as well i don't i don't need a super long game i've got mass effect on the go and that's my long game for now (laughs) 
this is my uh, post-Zelda game, so I haven't touched it at all. But the one mm-hmm. thing I do know about it is the signs. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the signs? Yeah. Yes. That's good. Like, if you haven't seen it, you can chop signs in half like you can in old Zelda games. Except in this, if you try and then read them, the actual text box that would come up in a Zelda game is also chopped in half. And that's fucking brilliant. Good on them. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it a lot. I've... Matt, you've always played a lot more than me, and I assume it's still good at the point oh, you're at. And... It's it's like one of those. It's vying for my game of the year. Like, there's been oh, a lot there of go. good games of this kind of like scale, for lack of a better word, like this and Wildermyth and um, uh, Grifflands. All of these kind of things have been the things that have stood out for me. Like, I ultimately feel like for me this year has been the year of Mass Effect because that's what's taken up so much of my time this year. Mm-hmm. But um, playing these in between that is like all of them quite different. All of them kind of taking cool ideas from other games and re-riffing them in its own way. Like, but yeah, as you say, the it feels so tightly designed. This that it really does feel something special. Yep. Yeah. Play Death Store if you get the chance. Like I said, it's uh, not too expensive at the moment, so. Worth taking a gamble on. Now I don't even think it'd be that much of a gamble because it's got it's just a good game. Uh, do you know what else is a good game? Well, I'm assuming it's a good game. Joe designed it, so who knows where it's going to go? The endless search. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ones and twos, we got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we coming through. Yeah, yeah. And ones and twos, we got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Is it in the search? The fucking kid just joined in with the power <laughs> tool. Like what? now it's double. Now I've got two of the same sound from two different sources. It's fucking. That is awful. just the perfect backdrop to an end the search. I'm going to close screen my child and I feel a like power it's, drill. It's been going on too long. Now I have to close it. I'm okay. Go this is all staying in. This yeah. is all staying in. It yeah. Be with, this is for isomilitude, motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who do you think is going to win this end the search, Matt? Uh, <laughs> probably you. I think you will. Look at us being kind. Uh, huh? Joe, what game are we playing? We're playing that game you played last week where you uh, named the thing with the highest Metacritic. Simple. Yeah. I like it. It's just it. a really fun game. I enjoyed listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was very good. So we'll do it again. It's games uh-huh. again. I've got five categories of games. Matt, do you understand the concept? I do. Sure? Yeah. Good. Okay. If you don't at home, you'll get it very shortly. Um, I'm going to name you categories. You're going to give me game names that would have the highest Metacritic in those categories. We are starting with what I think is... I don't know whether this is hard or not. (laughs) Rockstar game. Hmm. As in uh, games made by Rockstar, not games with rock stars in them. Correct. (laughs) So I can't have a... Brutal legend. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, which one is going to be the highest? That's the thing. Who's going first? Who, uh... Uh, Matt's on the left on my screen, so Matt will go first. Okay, okay. I've already got mine. Bang okay, in. go for it. Okay, uh, GTA San Andreas. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I like it. See, I... I've got a couple in mind. Uh, I'm going to ask you to uh, specify, specify a format. <laughs> Oh. PC or PS2? Uh, PS2. Cool. So I've got two in my head. F- for me, and if it's going to be their last two games, I've got Red Dead 2, 
but I can't remember if everyone for me maybe the best game I've played in the top three and I know we gave it a 10 but I don't know how I seem to remember at the time there were people who were a bit like "Mm, I know several people who hate it yeah exactly I, I don't know, I can't remember move. the reviews. I can't remember how many reviews didn't give it like a 9 or a 10. Mm. But for safety, I can't remember too many people not thinking that GTA 5 was a 10 or a 9. So I'm going to go GTA 5. Okay. And yeah. on the original on PS, we'll go PS3, whatever it is. The PS3 version? Yeah, the original release oh, of it. That's 4, sorry. I picked the wrong, wrong game. I'll tell you straight out of the gate that uh, I wouldn't have expected this, but 4 is definitely highly, more highly rated than both of these games, which is wild to me. Mm, yeah. uh, I really like 4. I've got kind of the urge to play 4. I want a remaster of 4. Is it because oh, you've been playing The Sopranos, so you've got that kind of want for Watch, like a... Maybe. But I just... I, I really like 4. I just I like 4, yeah. I want it remastered so it just doesn't look as blurry and grey. Mm. <laughs> you need that PC mod. I never played the um, I never I never played the expansions for four. Oh, they're so the, good! The, oh, they and yeah, good. everyone says they're amazing. Maybe I should mm-hmm. do that. Um, right, Matt. Mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas on PlayStation Two has a meta score of ninety-five. Oh, that's high. That Grand Theft Auto Five on PlayStation Three has a meta score of ninety-seven. <gasps> oh, Cardi comes in. See when one. you said when you said PlayStation. I thought you might have fucked it because I'm fairly sure mm. the Xbox version ran better than the PlayStation I think version. In this case, uh, it probably the, takes them both as the same, doesn't it? I think PS3 and Xbox they do have the same on here. Right. Uh, whether whether that means anything, I don't know. I suppose mm-hmm. in the PS2 era there were more single format games mags, yeah. weren't there? Like you got exactly. at least two PlayStation mags and at least two Xbox mags. Go, I'll take it. He's oh, done well. That was one. Big star. Anyone could have done it. Right. Next. We are going for a game in which you create a custom character. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking appearance, not like loadouts. Okay. Just hit my mic. It's falling over. It's back up. Where you create a custom character. Something you would you could see in the Monster Factory series. <laughs> I am going to go for, let me think, I'm just trying to think of the best games of all time and how many of those you can create a character in. I'm going to do one here that I think may irritate Matt, and I'm going to say Divinity Original Sin uh, 2. i got that in mind, but you can take it. I've got another one. <laughs> oh. Divinity Original on Sin PC. 2. Do yeah, say. Divinity Original Sin 2 on yep. PC. Cool. I'm assuming that, la- I don't know the launch history of that game, I'm assuming it launched in a good state. <laughs> It did, to my remembrance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've no worries there. Matt. I am going to go for Dark Souls 3. 3? On PlayStation 4. On PlayStation 4. It's another very high-scoring couple of games. Cardi. Divinity Original yeah. Sin 2 on PC. 93. Big I time meta scores. I thought it would be an early 90s. That's what I was banking was. for. Matt, Dark Souls 3 on PS4. 89. Oh. oh. I'm sorry. Cardi takes it. Just but give again, it. By, 
scant numbers of points. Mm-hmm. Just tell me exactly. what Bloodborne, because Bloodborne was the other one that I was thinking could have been. Yeah, the other I, one. I, I have Bloodborne in mind. Bloodburn. But I think even we gave it like a nine or something. We didn't... 92, so it would have been one away. Yeah. Uh, okay. Cardi could take an early win with a game that doesn't feature violence. <laughs> I'm going to say okay. primarily doesn't feature. You know, like violence isn't its key concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Am I up first? Yes. Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley is a big time. Does include quite a lot of Do we, killing can I, slimes. Can I ask a question? <laughs> Would you say that Portal 2 contains any violence? Is that a puzzle game? You don't kill anything. I think I'd accept Portal 2. Is Matt okay with that? Yeah, I think so. Like you're I'll not shooting portal. them. Like you're using you're not, puzzles you're to not, get rid of no turrets. There's no real violence. Yeah. Well, the turrets are trying to kill you, but <laughs> you're not committing violence, no. though, are you? I suppose not against humans. Uh, okay, uh, Stardew, uh, please specify a format. Um, <laughs> ooh, that's a good ooh. question. Well, I think I'll go for the original PC version. PC, you've picked correctly. Uh, okay. Portal 2. My backup, if you said Portal wasn't fine, was just going to be Animal Crossing. <laughs> Matt, mm-hmm. Stardew Valley on PC garnered an 89. That's, high, that's higher won't than be, I thought. Won't be as much as Portal, though, will it? Cardi, 95 for Portal 2, across all formats. Uh, so that is a big win Game. for Cardi. But I've got two play. more categories, so yeah, I'm going to go. It's been close. It's not it's like, you know. It's been very close. Like, that was the biggest gap, and that was six Metascore points. Exactly. So I could replay the Portal games. It's been a long time now. I don't think I could remember the solutions. No, oh, I definitely wouldn't. Um, or... A game in which you eat food. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think I could... Is it me first? Yeah, this time around. Is. I'm sorry. Uh, Breath of the Wild. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right uh red dead redemption 2 <laughs> taking the risk seeing if it if in this uh world i actually can't remember what's going i'm pretty sure breath of the world's like a 97 or a 99 even. it wasn't as high because this came up in because emma and and al voted it in didn't they on the yeah. last time i think boys. i remember rightly it's a 97 boys they're both 97. They're... I want two Ooh. more games. So Red Dead would have won the Rockstar one as well. How interesting. Okay. Uh, let me think for backup quickly then. Um, two more food games. Uh, let me eat food. Uh, I'll go with The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt. You can eat food, can't you? I'm not going mad. Yeah, you, have, eat food, you but... have food in your weird little fiddly inventory. Yeah. Uh, what format? Uh, I uh, just the the PS3 version. The, there, there wasn't one on PS3. PS4, sorry, PS4, sorry. <laughs> that would have a very low PS4. meta score. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with the the DS version yeah. of uh, The Witcher Three. Okay, Matt. Do you eat in Animal Crossing? You um, pick food. You can no. definitely eat. Um, you can definitely have coffee, although not in New Horizons. 
I think I'm sure I remember eating something in that. In New Horizons. Yeah, yeah, you can eat the fruit. You can eat the in fruit. In New Horizons. Oh yeah, you eat yeah, it. Right. To, yeah, My answer Animal don't Crossing don't New Horizons. <laughs> there you go, yeah, of course. If you want to smash rocks, you go eat an orange. <laughs> or, or any fruit. Uh, New Horizons. Animal Crossing New Horizons is a ninety. With a user score of five point five. Grow up, Metacritic. <laughs> <laughs> uh what was the one you said? <laughs> Witcher three. <laughs> Witcher three. On PS4. PS4. Three, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's a ninety-two. It's four oh. nil. I mean, boys, yeah. this is It's a game. Of, it's a game of luck, in it mainly. Let's be honest. I guess. Final category: a game that features pixel art as its primary art style. Oh, I wish. Oh, pixel art as its primary. It's, it's map first, isn't it? I think it's the classic PAP pixel art primary. <laughs> pixel art, as we physics. call it in the biz. I'm gonna bid Hyper Light Drifter. I'm going for something similar. I'm going for a modern interpreter. I'm gonna go for Shovel Knight. Oh, those are good ones, boys. I think there's probably an actual original fight. pixel art game. That- to be fair, Metacritic doesn't go that far back, does it? So, probably has to be a modern game of Pixar. God, they've released Shovel Knight so many fucking times. Oh, just the original. Yeah, what's yeah, it originally yeah. on. It's, I've got it. I've got it. Had a very good Street Pass mode on 3DS Shovel Knight. If you don't know, you would Street yeah, you Pass your day. half of a fight to the other person, yeah. who would send you their half of a fight, and then it would play out three rounds. It was really good. Uh, mm. Shovel Knight. Is ninety. That is higher origi- than I thought it would be on its original uh, 3DS release. I, I thought that mid eighties written all over it. And Hyperlight Drifter. Actually, I haven't checked all the wait. I'm going to check all the formats. I want to make sure I've got the right one. Uh, which format are you going for? PC, PS4, or Switch? PC. <laughs> 84. Oh. It's uh, very sad. It's a big win. That is a big Good game, though. Clear the floor, it didn't you, Cardi? That's a 5 nil. I'm good well, at thinking of the good ones. Never but, more like, than six points between you. There was no There was exactly. no wild disgrace. No embarrassing, not, apart I from saying Witcher 3 was on that's, PS3. That's but, just watching you know. That's watching Messi and Ronaldo go at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this thing, because Jesse's and not... And I mean, uh, go at it. <laughs> I wonder how Jesse is at getting guessing good games we know he's the master of guessing uh low rotten tomatoes and low mecca he knows he knows the bottom of the barrel does he know the cream of the crop i'm enjoying we'll this one day yeah i'm enjoying this run of like test your knowledge games i mean i test. think it's i think there's something to it we should are we coming we to the end of the endless search T-Y- no, it's now it's now called test your knowledge tyk tyk take uh, it Let's have some of your feedback. Of course, after this feedback, there will be a spoiler warning where we will talk about Loki spoilers. But for now, some feedback, which you can always send in at IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com with the search games and any good narrative based car games. That's what we're looking for this week. I sounded more and more like Alan Partridge every week that goes by. (laughs) Uh, Who's got the first? It's me who's got the first piece of feedback. And it's from Liam who says, Duck Hunt. Hello, 
to you all, long time, first time, etc. Welcome to the team, Emma. Indeed, welcome to the team, Emma. She will return. She's not been banished yet. We had too many nice, too many nice comments about about having exactly. A, having so we had to return just to really even out that and get some bad. Yeah, we, comments. we really need to bring the level back down so that people yeah. know that like what we're aiming for as a podcast, which is yeah, mediocrity. Exactly. Uh, Liam says I've just read Joe's article brilliant read by the way that's Liam not me by the way I'm not saying it was a brilliant read Um, although I did you know I don't disagree on Konami's plan to do away with Pez and create eFootball a free to play live service football game personally I think this is a brilliant idea and I hope it's one that pays off for them FIFA, specifically Ultimate Team, has become a yearly disappointment of starting out, having a bit of fun, realising it's only been two weeks and everyone has got squads and giving up to not play until the next season. Correct. I'm, that That That's is exactly normally how, I feel. how it goes to me, but this year, I don't know. I think it's because I've been locked inside for a year. I have just played it too much. Boy got um, a god squad, didn't he? I've got a god squad, look at me. I am the god squad man. God squad? I didn't even say squad. Squad. Uh, got Pele though, innit? Yeah. I'm quite optimistic about the future of eFootball if the developers act slash react dynamically as Joe wishes them to in the article. I do. On the other hand, the realistic prediction I have is that eFootball, terrible name, also that's, what, that's Liam again, and I do agree on that, eFootball yeah. is a terrible name, mm-hmm. uh, will launch and instantly be disliked by most football game fans. Creating gameplay that can run on iOS through to new-gen consoles seem ma- seems massively ambitious, and I doubt they'll crack that nut first time. Only hope this doesn't kill the game completely, but through gradual updates and tweaks, they create the best football game on the market, and those initially put off come back to check it out. Keep up the good work on the podcast. We pray the football gods grant us more. It's football day. Who knows? Uh, then, controversial ending here from Liam. You're doing so well. It says, fuck the sea. No. Respect the skies. Absolutely no, not. respect the sea and the skies. No, Liam. don't respect the skies. It's full of billionaires and birds, and I don't like either of them. <laughs> Uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah I, I kind of agree with completely with what Liam is saying there about Pez that in principle I think it's a good idea and one they kind of needed to do, I don't know if they needed to do but it's a good idea for them to do to go free to play, I do worry about the launch of it because it seems what the initial roadmap is basically launching as a demo essentially yeah. with like nine teams and kickoff modes and then seemingly like stuff like Master League which people still love playing to this day might be paid dlc so it's not really a free-to-play game but well it is but you know i'm you know what i mean yeah i think so i'm glad liam saw my 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 idea with that piece which is to spell out what i think is uh potentially good about all of this which is Mm -hmm. i think we have reached a point where year every year people are upset by how little their game has changed um (laughs) and yet still pay for it and then, because that is no longer enough to finance a game of these this kind on both sides of the FIFA, Pez, or eFootball sides, um, they then get, you know, scraped for money by Ultimate Team and my club. And so, to me, there's something much more potentially interesting about a game in which I pay for exactly what I want. So, I do think it, they've made a mistake by just straight up calling it free-to-play. Because what they're selling you is a platform that you can build out in the in the way you want. So, I will probably never touch my club. But I might buy Master League and play that and enjoy myself with that side of stuff. And I might, you know, if they did like a team-based battle pass and like Spurs came up, I might engage mm. that month and get lots of Spurs 
cosmetics or whatever you could whatever the the customization options they're going to allow for that kind of thing are but i do think the point here is that they're not making a great first impression i am worried uh by the um launching as a demo situation i do believe that you can make a game that looks right for new gen and still have it work on mobile like Fortnite, obviously is a different scale of game but it does work and it works Mm -hmm. seamlessly i've never seen anyone complain about the difference was between those two things in terms of crossplay. They've already said like uh, that you can only players on mobile using controllers can play with people playing with controllers on anything else. So you won't have like mismatches in that way. I think there's a lot they've already thought through, and I think there's more they could think through. And I don't think they're not paying attention to what people are saying now either, because that that is the crux of my piece about this, which is. This is a this is a model that now requires them to react more than they've ever had to before to keep this thing alive. Like it's kind of high risk, high reward for Pez, and I'm fine with that. Um, and also, frankly, like Pez just hasn't been the game I want it to be for about five or six years, and I'm more happy to see them try something than just stay the same. Um, mm-hmm. So, and this is kind of why I'm excited about Assassin's Creed Infinity as an idea. If it does turn out to be a live service platform that adds a bunch of different Assassin's Creed stories as it goes through. You know, like, I'm fine with this thing of, like, let's shift how we release these things as opposed to what we make. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I, w- I want it to do well. I want to like Pez. Well, it's going to take a while for people. People will just call it Pez still for a long time. Absolutely. You know? Exactly. And but, they should. Yeah. Because one <laughs> of the things they name. might listen to and change is let it be called Pez again. <laughs> Exactly. Stop calling it. Um, yeah, evil. I'm hopeful we'll see um, see how it actually plays because obviously a whole new engine switch into Unreal. Um, that uh, on new football game online test didn't necessarily leave a good impression, but I don't think that's really close to what that game hopefully will be like when it launches. And but I'm yeah. hoping that the game launches with that song in the trailer. Oh my god. You are you powerful. Are powerful. We'll be playing that at the end of the show, don't you worry. You it are powerful. Is. We'll be playing. Have you heard the song, Matt? No. It's a, oh, it's I, I a, it's it a very odd choice. <laughs> it's um it's a stunning piece of music. Great. It's almost um I got reminded of the football was it from I think it was from Pez two thousand eight, the um football soccer, football soccer greatest game of all song, which is also top tier konami music <laughs> there, are some, there are some wild choices of the soundtracks of those games i love it so good uh what email have you got joe this is from adam brown he says hello guys i somewhat enjoy the podcast i don't want to give too much praise <laughs> as to upset joe correct <laughs> Actually, right, I, I really liked another... i liked the praise in the last one. Oh, is this an exactly. onsen story again it's another onsen story yes <laughs> God, how, who knew we had such a cultured I and new like audience? <laughs> it's a shame. We've almost used all of them now. We can't really do an onsen special. <laughs> no, and I think that's a harder sh- shout than even drowning. Yeah, yeah. Like, if anything, onsens are a subset of drowning. <laughs> we will need to... a new uh, special idea for, well, we'll we, get there. for Christmas the, time. Yeah, no, they'll they're naturally all, They're occur. organic. They're organic, Exactly. I went to Japan a few years ago, says Adam, and initially struggled to find an onsen that I an onsen that I would be allowed entry to. This is because I have various tattoos, one being a full Japanese sleeve, much to the, the distaste of several folk I went past on my Japan adventures. One notable occasion being at Tokyo Disney, where a Japanese man stared at my arm as he walked past with a dropped jaw, who then, at a safe distance, poked his wife in the arm and pointed at me. 
or being rather hot in a Tokyo nightclub that night, so I took off my hoodie to be told very quickly by security to cover that up. Anyway, back to the onsen story. Well, that was just him complaining about <laughs> tattoo reactions. Just, I suppose if you don't know that, yeah, Japanese color. culture tattoos aren't really a thing, are they? Yeah. I think you're part uh, of the Yakuza. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to the onsen story. As per the past few stories, I may start with a did you even go to an onsen if you didn't see a ridiculously old Japanese guy section? <laughs> I indeed saw one myself, possibly with the largest, most pendulous testicles I've ever seen. <laughs> pendulous is a go. great it's good word. good to know. Uh, the onsen also had a small section with strange plugs in the water. <laughs> I thought I would try it out as I wasn't sure what it was. I made my way into it to instant regret. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I read that badly. I made my way into it to instant regret. The best way to describe how it felt is if you've ever used the instant abs pads where it pulses on your muscles, but it's a constant feeling. Oh, so this is one of those electrical baths again. I thought that was just a one-off onsen. Turns out they're everywhere. I managed to sit down. I must have looked very uncomfortable as the Japanese man opposite me had a chuckle and pointed to a sign in Japanese, then to his heart. (laughs) (laughs) What could it mean? (laughs) However, when it was time to leave, I couldn't move. After mustering as much force as I could, I was able to move my legs to drag myself away. Drag. Imagine watching a man, to your knowledge... A man of the Yakuza getting into an electric bath and then having to drag himself out by his big tattooed arms. He'd be frightening. After this, I went outside to a waterfall bath to which a man had a chat in uh, had a chat in broken English with me about my sleeve, where I got it and how long I'd had it. When I asked him how long he'd had his tattoos for, he told me 30 years. So I can only assume that someone with tattoos for that long in Japan is quite likely, likely a member or former member of the Yakuza. Here ends my stories. Respect the sea. Adam. I'd say respect the onsen for your your particular stories, Adam. But thank you. Yeah, you've I like the onsen the, talk. The rich tapestry of bathing in Japan like, publicly. Did you see that in the um, DLC for um, Ghost of Tsushima, the uh, hot springs? There's now monkeys at some of the hot springs. Hell yeah! Let's there get in go. with the monkeys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if anyone's got any monkey stories at an onsen, that you'd really, really be floating our boat there. But don't make them up. I don't. No, don't make up monkey. No monkey onsen liars around here. Monkey onsen sounds like a guy who would be associated, if not in (laughs) big monkey onsen. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) monkey onsen sounds like the guy who's really desperate to get in it, and they keep stringing him along and making him buy pies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Matt, (laughs) I've got one here from Ben Johnson who says, "Morning, fellas. It's afternoon, but we'll allow it." Uh, I typically enjoy listening to this podcast to relax and not get flashbacks of my heinous crimes from my youth. Yet here we are. <laughs> oh, no. oh, God. In the this last the episode. Power drill kit. <laughs> <laughs> In the last episode, when Emma was complaining about hay fever, Cardi, 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 who knows? This is in regards to they don't know how to spell your name, which I've noticed oh, right. a lot it's... of people don't know how to spell your last I name. Suppose it's C E A R D Y. It's not an I. It's not like Cardi B. She has. <laughs> I never had this. Problem until she turned up doing her raps, but I can confirm you, I am just Cardi with a Y. I am not a stripper turned professional rapper. Great, good, good to know. Yet. <laughs> so anyway, Cardi made a joke in inverted commas about punching a tree, <laughs> wow. and thus my guilt came flooding back. When I was about ten, me and my friend were sword fighting with sticks outside my house. 
when for some reason our attention is turned to some new bushes which our neighbour has planted next to our drive. Couldn't tell you why we did this, and I still question our decision to this day 15 years later. But we just decided to absolutely fuck up this bush. We, (laughs) We stood either side... And just whacked this bush with our sticks. What was once a tall standing, proud bush with dark green leaves and small yellow seeds had been reduced to a thin, brown, twiggy skeleton. You can tell how much this haunts Ben's memories because he remembers everything about this bush. (laughs) Once our mission was complete, there was no celebration. There was no remorse. There were no feelings at all from... At all from what we had done, which perhaps makes it all the worse and a bit meaningless. We swiftly went back to doing whatever 10-year-old kids do. But that wasn't the end of it. I like that this is like a fugue state they went into. (laughs) Like, they're having a normal 10-year-old muck about, and then suddenly some sort of demon force possessed them and just... (laughs) <laughs> like blank eyed smashed up a bush with sticks and then just snapped back and started playing frisbee again like it's absolutely horrifying this story start the new netflix documentary series the bush boys yeah i'd watch two kids were haunted if this was american vandal season three i'd watch it in a heartbeat <laughs> later that evening my neighbor came down to ask what had happened to his bush <laughs> Obviously, having no good reason for what we did, we badly lied that we were playing by it and may have clipped it a few times while we were playing. (laughs) I very much doubt either my neighbour or mum believed us. There is still an empty patch by our drive where that bush once stood, serving as a constant reminder of my lawless past. They never replaced it. (laughs) I think think they may have killed it so badly that it just poisoned the earth underneath it (laughs) it's just evil under there it's like the necronomicon nothing grows (laughs) i don't know if that's something the necronomicon does i just bet if you buried it nothing would grow on top that's just me oh yeah absolutely i just want you to know this the next time you decide to joke about punching a tree well, if I'd known such repressed memories were going to surface, then I, I would never have done it. I've, I do apologise. So, sorry, I've forgotten. What joke about punching a tree did you make? I can't. I don't know when I talked about punching a tree. I must have said something about punching a tree. Uh-oh. I mean, I'd... did you get in a fugue state as well? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe that. Is there a really weird bit of last week's podcast where you're like, and uh, next up we kill trees. Kill all the trees you see. Just the god. the god of anti-nature floating it? around and getting in people's heads. You see, I'm not going to listen back, but yeah, I can't. Why, why would I have talked about... Why would I have talked about punching We talk trees? about exactly. this demonic state. I think the demon's still in Ben. Because at the end he says, For the love of God, respect the sea, or else you'll be the, my next bush on my list. Oh my god. <laughs> Your Cornish representative like leaves. <laughs> okay. I didn't know such evil lurked in Cornwall. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's such a nice place. Yeah, I've always um, thought it was very very nice, but it turns out there's some sort of horrible, like, yeah. anti-spring maypole-killing bastard demon floating yeah. about getting in kids. Exactly. I remember to write in to IGN underscore ukpipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipipip
that's all the feedback for this week and that's the end of the podcast this week if you haven't watched loki or don't care about loki and for some reason want to listen to us talk about loki which you might want to do but there you go it won't be for ages but we'll just talk about the last episode and what it means for the future of the mcu so this is your last warning after this little bit of loki music Matt, mm-hmm. I haven't really had the chance to talk to you at all about Loki because you were off last week when the last episode aired. Um, what did what did you think of the ending? Yeah, I liked it. Like, I think so. It's weird because I like the ending of Loki. I think when I got to the end of the show, I realised that I don't actually massively like necessarily what the show was overall. Um, mm-hmm. Not. I think they basically just turned Loki into a completely different character so they could write a show about the TVA. I'd much rather Mobius have been the main character, but I understand that nobody would have watched that. Like, you're, mm-hmm. Loki has to be the vehicle, but I wish they'd made him actually Loki, as in, like, sort of mischievous and kind of, like, fucking things around a lot more. He was, yeah. in that last episode, was way too much of a straight man. Like, I wanted him to be the person that pulled the rug from under people, but he wasn't. Mm-hmm. But that aside, the the TVA side of things, I think, is very good, and I like a lot of what it's mm-hmm. doing. And obviously, we got... After they went through the veil, we got to meet um, He Who Remains, is it, that they called him? He Who Remains. Jonathan Majors. Yes. Excellent, I thought. Very, very good performance. Very, very good. So the MCU obviously reinterprets a lot of comic book characters for its own uses, right? Like, not everybody is exactly the same. I think, because this is obviously, for anybody that doesn't know, this is a character called Kang the Conqueror from the comics, who in the comics is a 31st century descendant of Reed Richards, um so the link into the kind of fantastic four there their reinterpretation of him as like this person that has multiple variants that have been trying to keep a multiverse kind of all-out war at bay between them by Mm. creating this kind of like understanding of the sacred timeline and pruning all the things that branch off to prevent a multiverse war i think is a very very cool idea and Cardi, as you allude to in your reviews, and I think you were talking about it on the last podcast, has substantial kind of implications for where the MCU could go next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they kind of talked, well, that version of Kang, well, he never actually says the word mm-hmm. Kang, I don't think, does he? No. But he's called himself the Conqueror and stuff like that. He's meant to be the nicest version or the nicest variant of so he claims who, so he claims exactly can you trust him who knows you can't really trust anyone in that show um which is what one aspect that i enjoyed a lot but yeah there will be ultimately i'm sure a big villain called can the conqueror coming up who is an evil version of that mm-hmm. character will he be big and blue like in the comics i don't know well i mean that statue that's in the tva at the end like that might be the first hint to actual kang the conqueror because the uniform that that statue is wearing is the classic kang with mm. the the kind of mm-hmm. neck piece and the stripe that runs down the center but you can see there that he has very much got major's face and hair they've not got him like in the Buzz Lightyear style kind of head wrapping in purple and blue. Well, obviously we can't tell what colour, but I would assume like it's too much of a weird sort of thing. I think there'll be a variant that they do that has, like they did with Loki, where you get all the weirdness to it. But I think classic Jonathan Mage is just in a nice suit yeah. will be who yeah. Kang is. And they've kind so of made that... Your- They've kind of made that mm-hmm. joke before with Mysterio as well about yeah. like the silly version of the suit um, yeah. being 
being something that's so, like made fun of. When do you think we'll see him again next? Because we've got, I think the original, the first time we heard about Jonathan Majors being Count the Conqueror was the villain in Ant Man mm-hmm. Three was the yep. original casting, which is 2023, I think I'm right in saying. Um, and right. Loki, if you didn't see the end credits, Loki is returning for season two, which surprised me because I didn't think we'd get a season two of any of these shows. So I am like in my head, Loki season two is comes out just before Ant Man three, or as Ant Man three comes out and it goes alongside it. I don't know because they can do anything now. The timelines all mucked up. They can kind of get away with doing anything in any order. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the interesting thing, right? Like. Kang may turn up in one of these other things, but like, listen to how many projects there are before we get to Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Like, and how kind of wild it would be if we didn't see it more of Jonathan Majors before then. Hmm. All right, so it's Black Widow. What if Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Eternals, Spider Man No Way Home, Ms. Marvel, Hawkeye, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor: Love and Thunder, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, The Marvels, The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, probably not in that, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. So, like, there are so many projects before that that could mm-hmm. feasibly have an appearance from. Do a you, gang. you think they'll do the? What is uh, what is the famous example of it where um you know it's kind of almost in the background of all of these projects like you'll see like he'll just be lurking in the background like you'll see a version of Jonathan Majors like in like he's basically pulling the strings for or the like the ghosts years. in Haunting of Hill House yeah, but it's Jonathan Majors in the background. Of, or, what is the example? Is it? I've never read them. The Dark Tower books. Isn't there a character like that who's kind of lurking in who's in every single one of them? Maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. Um, if, if you've played The Witcher 3's uh, Hearts of Stone DLC, yes. like Gauntero Dim, hanging yes. about that sort of thing. Up. Or I suppose to an extent, a bit like because uh, I n- I never actually got too far in the X Files in the end, but I do plan on catching it back up. Isn't the Smoking Man a little bit like but that? But he's much more Something. in the foreground. Like you never yeah, know who he is. But it's just at the enough. end. At the end of every three episodes, there's a shot where the <laughs> camera pans around and there's a Smoking Man, and he just goes, "I'm evil," <laughs> and that's basically it. Fair enough. But yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do that sort of thing. So, like maybe in Spider Man or something, he'll just be there. He'll be. I don't, and no one knows who he is, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, my, I don't know. I've sort of started to piece together what I think is, and obviously, you know, this is literally just me sitting here theorizing. So, no one says, <laughs> I think that he's going to turn up a lot earlier than we think. I think he's going to be the driving force behind what if. I think that all of those are other timelines. Mm. So, maybe like the last what if is him going. And These are all timelines that I'm got cut, off. basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, because. Everything about Marvel is never quite as... The MCU, they don't like anything to be inconsequential. Like, everything has to have something Mm -hmm. that ties in. And while I do really like the idea of What If being inconsequential, just fun for a month or so, I think they will find some way to put it in. So, obviously, they've got Uatu, the Watcher, is part of it. Mm. But I think this will be them looking over timelines that have been cut by the TVA on Kang's Command. Um I think Spider-Man, we already know that um, uh, Jamie Foxx's Electro's back and uh, Alfred Molina's thingy. I'm fairly sure that's good. Even if, like, Kangi's not in that film, I think there will be, like, a post-credits or something that suggests that the reason why those characters are able to be in the Prime universe is because of something Kangi's doing. Mm -hmm. And then I think from then on, there'll be just things that happen in these movies that allow there to be a post-credits that's just like, and that was Kang. 
Yeah. And then the couple I'm interested in are we've got Shang Chi, which like a lot of people theorizing that just takes place in an alter alternate uh, alternate universe mm-hmm. because Abomination is seen at the end of the trailer. But I don't mm. know really what you know. It could be anything. Also, I think the one I'm most intrigued about just as a separate film and see where it fits in is Eternals because yeah. it looks so different. You've got Chloe Zhao who just won the Oscar for Best Picture, Best Director, like sweep the Oscars, like. That pedigree, that first trailer did a lot for me. Like, how the hell do they fit in with all of this? Is what I mm. want to know. That's well, that, and that feels like prime timelines crossing over. Maybe you know, like there's a universe mm. where there are Eternals, and there's a universe where there aren't. Like that could make sense. I mean, I don't know at what point they see that as diminishing returns because then you're essentially yeah. just going like you're kind of taking away the the key of the Marvel Universe, which is everything feels like it could have been in one They've place. They've got to be connected, haven't they? Because at the end of that trailer, doesn't Angelina Jolie say, like, who's going to lead the Avengers now or something? Oh, and... yeah, well, I'm not saying they're not in that world. Oh, okay, but, they're not. Fair like, but they yeah. could be in a world where there are both, and mm-hmm. then there is mm-hmm. a world where there weren't any, and then now there is, or whatever. I don't, you know, like, I think there are ways that these things could happen in, in yeah. multiple universes. I think that's what's so exciting at this point now, is we just really don't know what's going up. Whereas for... A good eight years in the MCU, we knew it was all building up to Thanos, and we all knew it was going to end in a big war. Like, I don't know what, where this is going, okay. and I'm quite excited. My fan like hope theory is that you know how the last time we spoke about Kang on the podcast, where when we were just theorizing if he was in, I said that there's a there's a, a comic in which he's in where he brings different members of the Avengers from different parts of time across mm-hmm. and unites them together. If you've got Downey Jr. and you can convince him to do one more film, you've just got the bucket, like which which you would. But let's say it's like it's not something he's got to be contracted into. You just like we just want you for one more. Imagine if the last Avengers film in this storyline, where it is the final confrontation with Kang, there's just a way that they bring like because he can time manipulate. You bring Mm. like Iron Man back for one last film. That would sell tickets in Mm. the freaking hundreds of millions. Him or Cap or both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, yeah, that sounds good to me. I suppose while we're talking about it, we might as well just talk. We've all seen Black Widow, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just talk about the end. Like, if you haven't seen Black Widow, maybe stop listening now. I'll give you five seconds because we're not going to talk about Loki anymore. We'll move on to Black Widow. I assume if you're into Loki, you will have watched Black Widow, but it's no guarantee. Uh, but we're going to talk about the post credit scene of Black Widow in five seconds. So go away in three, two, one. So obviously, at the end of Black Widow, we get Yelena talking to Julia Louis Dreyfus's character, who I'm guessing that was the first time we were meant to see mm-hmm. her, not in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What do we think that means for that character? Because I think it quite obviously, like, it surprised me a little because it must just lead into the Hawkeye series that's coming in a few months. And well, it feels I don't like, know. It feels like that's... a slightly murky version of Sam Jackson at the very yeah. start of the Marvel Universe and now she's collecting like mm-hmm. corrupted potential Avengers. Yeah. So, you know, we've now seen her collect two people who are directly linked but are kind of maybe more uh, broken versions of the people that they were essentially copying or mirroring mm-hmm. in some way. Uh, Do we think so, Florence yeah. Pugh will be in that Hawkeye show then? Because she obviously shows the picture of Hawkeye saying basically this is your next target mm-hmm. in a way. Like, do we think that's kind of half what the plot of the Hawkeye show is? Like, him being hunted? I don't know. Guess I it... see that. It's a way to bring... It's a way to get, give Kate Bishop agency is something happens to him and she has to go after him. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's not too far away from uh, 
Black Widow and Ronin and all that stuff, but I could see it happening that way for sure. Mm-hmm. I know you're a huge Hawkeye fan, Matt, and I know you're looking well, forward to that, the series a lot. It's, it's less Hawkeye as a character, it's the run that it takes yeah, inspiration from. Run, yeah, 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 which is... Like, lit- everybody just looks at it and like, how can a Hawkeye thing be? Like, just read that. It is an absolutely incredible piece it's of work. Um, yeah, like, my thing that I have with their use of Contessa at the moment is is that she... When you put Nick Fury into a movie, especially, like, as early as they did, like, it is... If you know your comics, or even if you've just played some video games around it, especially at that time, mm-hmm. Nick Fury is a good guy. Like, he runs... Like, yes, he's, yeah. he, his methods aren't always squeaky clean, but he runs a distinctly good thing. Contessa is a little bit like Fontaine is all over the place. Like she could be mm-hmm. good, she could be bad. And for me at the moment, it's like I know that some for some people that's part of the fun about not where it is. But I think the uh, the small kind of segments that she's been in over like Black Widow and Falcon Winter Soldier, I don't care about her at the moment because I don't know what she stands for and I don't know what the point is. I think had. Falcon Winter Soldier done a little bit better in terms of setting up to what her sort of overall goal is. I'd be more interested at the moment. It just feels like, well, we knew these characters were kind of long lasting anyway. Like, I just don't Mm -hmm. have any more attachment to where they're taking them. So hopefully that rolls on sooner rather than later. I don't want another four projects where she just turns up and and Mm -hmm. points out things. Well, I'm I'm hoping in a way that it's kind of built into Secret Invasion and that she's actually just Talos all along. <laughs> that would right. be quite funny to me. Mm-hmm. And it's just Nick Fury in the shadows trying to get another team together, basically. Uh, but who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, more Marvel to come, though. It's good to have it back, isn't it? I know it's not really been gone too much, but it feels like we're getting back into actually starting up again properly yeah. into a new phase. And I know it's the death of cinema and media as we know it, but I'm into it. I just like it. Exactly. It's enjoyable. Uh, Thank you very much. I think that's all we've got time for today. Uh, I suppose we'll have that Pez music, won't we? Because it's astonishing stuff. Imagine Uh, all those people who aren't lucky enough to be able to finish this podcast because they haven't finished Loki and don't want it spoiled. Who won't get exactly. to hear this music? You only get the Pez tree if you watched Loki and Black Widow. That's the uh, yeah. that's the key there. It's the powerful and dessert. <laughs> exactly. That's why I want to remind everyone on as we leave today is, you are powerful. You are. Exactly. All of you. Goodbye. Bye. See ya. To be powerful, you must know the truth. So, guess you're all desperate to find out what eFootball can offer at a gaming level. You are powerful. You are powerful. In that case, keep an eye out for updates in the near future. You are powerful.